God is working his purpose out. Nearer and nearer draws the time. What can we do to hasten that time? The time that whether we like it or not, whether we reject it or not, whether we prepare for it or not, it's coming and it will hit us. Whether it's today, tomorrow, five years, ten years, a hundred years from now, it is coming. Father, we open our hearts to you this morning. And Father, we ask that your word will come alive in our hearts. As you keep packaging us and preparing us for every day of living and also for, the, for ultimately meeting you, Lord, we ask that your word will have its way in our hearts. Lord, pre- protect this time, O oh God. We arrest every distracting spirit. We arrest every atmosphere of darkness. Arranged against us collectively or targeted at any individual here specifically, we arrest it and we declare that it shall not have its way in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. May your word bear fruit in our hearts. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our topic today is understanding the times and our text has been read already. And I think of it, you know, like what people do. Of course, all of us, we've been around people who are pregnant. How those who are not even pregnant, those who are in the house, how we behave and the things that we do when the pregnant woman is three months, four months, five months, is different from how we behave when she is nine months, true or false. People like me, at nine months, I'll stop traveling. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't again, because I don't know when it's coming. Maybe nine months, two weeks into that last month, there's one pain, she just said, mm. and there's one pain that is even a false pain. The next thing I'll go is to go to the store. Where's the bag that we packed? There's an expectation. There's a carefulness about everything. There are things that you even used to do that you will not be doing. There are things that look important, but for that month, you keep them aside. You say, don't worry. After this month, we'll come back to them. We postpone those ones. Because there's an expectation. On Wednesday, we had, we started the midweek service. And we shared a few things here. About the world and the treasures, the, the treasures of the world. Exploring the beauties of them, the glories of the world. And we found that God could give us, as much as he even gave Solomon, thousands of cattle being slaughtered each day in his house. Babu says everybody in that land had their own home with a garden. Hallelujah. We explored all of that. And we saw that they are not bad on their own. 
And we agreed about that. Even the height of the things that people look at. And they may look at you, look at somebody and say, look, this is not holy. On their own, they are not bad. But there's a fundamental problem with the world. And that we'll explore this morning. And that day, we ended by examining Lot's wife. And what we saw was that when the time of judgment came, we know that the Lord took them out. Like he wants to take us out and rain judgment. As they were stepping out, he was raining judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. But something happened at that point. There was a part of Sodom and Gomorrah that somebody had stolen. (laughs) So Sodom and Gomorrah was being destroyed. But Sodom and Gomorrah had dropped a seed of itself inside the heart of Lot's wife. So even though she was brought out of Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah had already occupied a part of her heart. So she had to follow Sodom and Gomorrah. No wonder in Jude, God will be discussing. Jude was writing, the half-brother of Jesus. And why writing? He says, I write to you who are called of God. And who love him. And who he loves. So he was writing to believers. Loved of God. With a calling. And he was warning them. That they should remember That that was how God brought all of them out of Egypt. Out of the place of sin. Out of the place when they were unbelievers. Out of the time when they hadn't repented. Out of the time when they were sinners. He brought them because that's what Egypt represented. So he wasn't talking about people who are not born again. And if you're here this morning and you're not born again. You've not met Jesus as Savior. I'm not talking about Lord Because there's a process of time in between the two. You've not met him as savior. You were left behind in Egypt. The wilderness is not about you. Where you were left is in Egypt. Where if the prince, if the spirit, if the angel of death comes, the blood doesn't protect you. That's a different matter. But he said, these ones that came out, that after he brought them out, he wasted the life of many, the lives of many in the wilderness. He said, they cannot enter Canaan. Were they in Egypt? No. So part of those things in these times, somebody says to others, once saved, always saved. Does the Bible support it? I haven't found it. I haven't seen it. So within the wilderness, people that didn't understand the time, what happened? Who were the people that were wasted? He said, were they not the people that were murmuring? Why were they murmuring? They stole the garlic, the spirit of garlic and cucumber of Egypt and they were carrying it in their heart and going to Canaan. And God took time. By the time he finished with the narrative, he said that not one of those people that was above that age that he said, by the time they were stepping across Jordan, 
that not one of them remained alive. He took time. He wrote down the names of these six million people. He was taking time to see that his word came to pass. And he said, that's an example to us who live in these times. When the Lord's coming is at hand. That we shouldn't behave like them. If he did it in that time, what will he do when he has also released the Holy Ghost to help us? They didn't have him. They only had an angel. What did God tell them? I can't go with you because I'll destroy you. But today he gives us the Holy Ghost to go with us. To guide us. To lead us. To fill us with gifts. To activate us. To protect us. To keep us. To, to surround us with his presence. To deliver us. To forgive us. To help us in prayer. They didn't have it. How much more those of us are living these times? Hallelujah. Ten quick things that characterize, you know, if we are talking about the understanding of understanding these times. The things in these times. Number one, uncertainties. Of course, the uncertainties are there. And I'll tell us because that's where we're going. And we'll be examining that as we, you know, pick each of them. Uncertainties. We're experiencing it more than, you know, for some people born, you know, in the last decades, few decades. More than it has ever been. Uncertainties. Nobody really knows what tomorrow holds. Even the best of the leaders in this world, they don't know what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow, the way that the new president over in the U.S. woke up in the morning and everybody was now talking about an action he took. He just signed something and everybody is jittery. Nobody knows tomorrow. Nobody can predict anybody. Two, of course, linked to it, fear. It's a time of fear. And the fears are in our hearts. What will happen? We don't know. There are many people, of course, that since this thing came, they're asking, is it God? Is it, are we talking about death? Is that what this is about? Prepare to meet your God. I hope I'm not making a negative confession. But of course, we find in the scriptures that people met their God at different times. And then there's also an ultimate meeting of the Lord. And they were preparing. People in Israel, in Jerusalem, in Judah, they came to John the Baptist. And he was saying, prepare the way. The voice in the wilderness, prepare the way. The Lord is coming. Be prepared. Some folks like Zacchaeus heard it. And they waited for the day they would climb to reach him. Some others were hanging around and looking for what to say. They met him. Abraham met him. Joseph met him. They prepared. And God will want us to be prepared. So fear. Fear. Linked with the uncertainties. Whether it's student. Whether you're working. Whatever we're doing. There are so many things we just don't know. And thank God the prophecies came this morning as well. Confirming many things. 
the insights from the Lord, the instructions about tomorrow. But of course, it also deals with something. He says that while it's happening in the world, it's going to cover us, right? Right? But that is as long as we have not carried a part of the world with us. Because God is a sharpshooter. If we have taken a bit of what he seeks to destroy, he will only find it to destroy because it will not find itself in heaven. Part of that is understanding that whatever it is that is going on, God is the only one that can give us the rest of mind that we need. The peace that passes understanding, that overcomes those fears. It only comes from Him. It only comes from Him. It only comes from Him. Money won't buy peace. Marriage won't buy peace. Children, is that what buys peace? The more you enter, the more you discover what you didn't know. Job, doesn't buy peace. 20 cars will not buy peace. Let your bed in the house be as big as this auditorium. You can only sleep on one corner of it. At worst, you lie diagonally. It will not buy peace. Number four, desperation. I think one of the biggest challenges that we will face and we will be facing is a desperate atmosphere. People are desperate. Things are tough like we see every day. We see it. Things are tough. So people will get desperate. Those who are in the business you are doing, others will get desperate. Those who are working in the place you are working, people will get desperate. Even those who are working in the government circles, they will go on more strikes. For what? Money. We know it's money. True or false? True or false? And I don't blame them. I don't blame those that do it. But I wish that there was better understanding. Because at nine months, even if they are not paying you and your wife is pregnant, you know how to package yourself. You know what you will not be engaging in. Because it's the ninth month. Desperation. They'll be desperate to use the world systems. They'll be desperate to do the things that we should do. But of course, mixed with a lot of the world. People will be desperate. And it will try to rub off on us. We'll be in the circles. We're in the circles. Reverend shared the thing about social media. And really, that's the truth. It beats my imagination. That you see people just copying and pasting and copying. They will write copied. They just paste. They just keep pasting. Paste, 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 paste. You that is pasting it, do you sit down to read all those things? What is it doing in you? What value is it creating in you? But the world is desperate. And the Bible talks about our standing against, against 
the things that resist the knowledge of God. The fifth one is false teachings. It's time for false teachings in a magnitude that we haven't even seen. There are the times for it. It's time for error. A painting of the gospel in a way that it looks good, but it's not very true. A painting of things. They look nice. <laughs> they look good. Jude wrote about them. Of course we know. In Jude verse 16 to 19. It talks about false teachers. Who will be there? They have an agenda. They may not even know it. But they are operating their agenda. Their God is their belly. They, 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 they manipulate people for what they will get out of them. They will use everything. They will, they will use everything, oratory, whatever it is, to get something from them. Does it look good to shout here that this is the year of abundance? Does it look good? Is it bad to have abundance? Is it what God is saying at the time? It may not be. But it works. Because when I shout abundance, I will ask you to come and sow a seed here. And when you bring it, I know what to do with it. Will it yield fruit? Anytime you sow, it will reap. Is a finger of God in it? Probably not. That it generates fruit does not mean that God is there. Satan has enough to give. Satan has enough. But in these times, it will multiply. That there's a miracle doesn't mean that God is there. <laughs> that we receive of the things that we sow does not mean that God is there. See, Satan came and called Jesus and said, look, all these things, look at the glories of this world. I'm going to give them to you. Just do something. Bow and worship me. False teachings will increase. The things that look like God is there. It's just like people go to many prayer houses. They can do so many things that they will do. One thing that you will not see on a consistent basis is talking about salvation. Talking about the cross. Talking about how to submit to what was done on the cross. And talking about carrying your cross. You will not find it there. You will find every other thing. You will not find that on a consistent basis. Because the gospel and the glory that follows it is based on the cross. If it is missing, every other thing is missing. Hallelujah. While false teaching and error is coming from the church, within the church, deceit is the sixth thing, will come from the world. And there are many ways that it's coming. We've shared the things about, of course, just like we had the, the Biafra things. Mark those who every day they are shouting that Biafra. And it's been preached, I've been, <laughs> it's been preached even in church. Mark them. You will find when you sit down a bit with them 
that you're getting a sense of bitterness coming out. What's bitterness? Where do we locate it in the Bible? The works of the flesh. And Jesus says that they that harbor these things, the Bible says that they cannot, they are not for heaven. It's increasing. It's getting darker. And inside the devil is finding room. So if you finish it and you secure Biafra, have you removed the people who are in Afibo? Have you done that? Have you removed the chairman of some LGAs in my state who are already Muslims and they are from Ohafia, they are from Omaha South, they are from there. And have you removed them? So if you remove them and have this alone, what are you going to do with it? What are we doing with the land? And we keep losing what God wants us to have as our armor. On Wednesday we said that the thing, missions, missions work, taking care of orphans, widows, those things were the things that those that handed the church over to us used to conquer even the idols in our villages. True or false? True or false? Hospitals that were open. Schools that were free to us. They, were, they, they didn't, we were killing them. They were building more. They went to the north. They conquered the north. And every day we are sharing and we are moving things. Even without thinking. Things that are activating people to think that using arms. They say fight back. How? They won't say anything. But the devil continues his story in our hearts. Do we get what I mean? They introduce it, but they won't say exactly what they are saying. Then the devil keeps working in our hearts to write exactly what he wants. We abandon our weapons of warfare. And they are the ones that have picked it and they are in our football. And we are looking for the things that they are keeping aside. The things that don't work. They are in our football giving scholarships, opening schools, giving small loans to businessmen. And they are picking it. Missions. That's what they are doing. They learned from us. We've been, one of the things that we're doing in two weekends from now, the Christian Medical and Dental Association, because there are many members here, is two weekends from now, we're having, we have an outreach to that Southern Kaduna area. And it's already exciting the Christian Association of Nigeria there. And other organizations that people that have been so downcast, I won't stay on social media to be arguing back and forth about what, you know, all the things, all these responses, the way people are arguing. That's not, God knew that there was darkness in earth when he created us. So there's no need discussing it further. It's whether we are ready to shine light. That's what the discussion is about. It's already exciting those ones who have been battered, whose children have been killed. It's exciting them and there are more people who are working on it. We're also mobilizing other people, nurses, pharmacists, and even some other um, people who are not related to the medical field. I know many of my colleagues, including some here, don't understand, for instance, what that body does. But having said that, it goes, it's the same thing in every place where we find ourselves. 
It's the same thing. How do we respond? What are we really doing? We can only do the right thing if we understand the times. There must be an understanding of the times. Then we won't waste our time discussing irrelevant things. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Of course, the world will keep deceiving. The other day, somebody asked me, ah, what is this? I've been seeing, and I'm sure we've all seen it in Enugu here. You see one signboard, purple, purple people. Right? Right? Then some will show the purple, the man and the woman, both of them painted with purple. The other things that they show there. Have you ever asked yourself why those things are imagined? Who is paying for those signboards? Does it really say anything? Does it look like the signboard of a business outfit or even the signboard of a church? Who is paying for it? Why? Why are they paying for it? Has it bothered us? You see, simply because what we don't allow to enter our system from the usual ways, they will use other mechanisms to bring them in. Look at it again. And by the time they are defining and telling about equality, and I was looking at it, and one friend I asked, we had to fill our name somewhere. So males, female, gender. He said, why am I asking him to fill that? He came from the U.S. I said, ah, that is a normal thing. Now he told the person that I asked him to fill it. <laughs> he said, why? That in the U.S., that, he's not, that they don't ask them, they don't, that column has disappeared. Why? Because today you could be male, tomorrow you could be female. So why are you writing male today? All those are connected even to that signboard. But it will manifest itself over time. So the things that, for instance, in the UK, for several years, the church is resisting, everybody's in church. So we are happy in church, we are celebrating in church. Let's say 30 years ago. So instead of disturbing you people, all of us inside the church, they leave us. They go to the primary school. Because we want all the things that the world offers very well. There's nobody to even, the people who are teaching things like Christian religious knowledge are also unbelievers. Why will I, if I have Christian religious knowledge as a curriculum to teach in class, why will I be struggling with Reverend Ajari on the pulpit? I don't know if you get what I'm saying. But now we leave it for unbelievers. But that is, that is complete ministry if I have understanding of the times. Complete one. We've abandoned it. We don't even know those who are shaping that curriculum now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so, we allow them, they enter those places. The teaching about evolution and the things that are raising manhood, issues about man and independence of man. It wasn't in church they were crafted. They were crafted in primary one, two, three, and four, five, and six. So they focus attention. 30 years forward, which is today. How many people are in church there? Those who were in church 30 years earlier. So that's why you see only elderly people in their churches. Where are the children that should have been part of it? They taught them evolution. They taught them that God, it depends on how you look at it. 
the one, the, the new one is that even if you bring anything, they'll say it's an alternative view. That truth has many dimensions. It's an alternative view. Even when it's blatantly a lie. So we ignore that. <laughs> and we ignore our TV sets. Because we don't understand the times. And so our children are learning. And when they come to teen church, some time ago we had one last year, JS2. <laughs> we are sharing what we did the other holiday. And the boy opened up. He said ah, that his problem is, and which happened very much during that time, that his problem is drinking. And that person said, ah, is it beer? He said, ah, no, that one doesn't shake anybody. JS2. He's been on hot drinks and loading it. And when you ask, one of the biggest things that makes that happen in children's lives is because that's a culture in their homes. So the father cannot command the children in a certain way. If you don't command your children, the world will command them. If the world is direct, if you are fighting every day, why are the children like this? It's because... We didn't command them. And there's no vacuum. The children we don't command today in the way that they should go. The world will command them. And they will have no choice than to follow. Because even their father, even their mother is not a cover. There are some things that the devil might be targeting to do to my children. But when he comes, there's a father that is a cover. Not just physically, but spiritually. It shall not happen. That's what the Bible gave us as an example with Job. Job every day will wait and he's praying for his children. He's interceding for them. He's making sacrifices for them. It shall not come to pass for these children. There's a second buffer. But when that second buffer is already captured by the world, the child is vulnerable. It's not just the vulnerable children that we read in the textbooks and all of that. There are children in Christian homes who have been made vulnerable by irresponsible fathers. By mothers who are old. Vulnerable. Which one is more serious? To be vulnerable because you are poor in this world compared to being vulnerable because you are losing eternity as a child. But the devil will direct us to that side. So we might be leaving things open for our children and we might be spending a lot of our money in social work. And when they ask us, we say we are doing a social service. While we are out, the TV is shaping them and it creates room in their hearts. Indulgence in the things of the world. That's another one. Of course, we've talked about that very much. And Luke will expand it further. Luke 17, 26 to 35. Indulgence. And he reminds us that that end, by the time the end comes, just the way that death, the day death comes, people may have had a wedding ceremony the previous day. Right? <laughs> Things will just be going on. Business, buying your container is in the market, is in wherever it is. It will just be going on. But there will be indulgence. How come? How come? Have parties reduced? 
even with this recession. Maybe it has changed a bit. But new things are being released. Hallelujah. Indulgence. There will also be coldness. Of course, indulgence will always generate coldness. When we're engaging with things that have no... And I weigh my own. Personally, I weigh my own. If I can't attend too much that I don't have time to... To, to, to fire up myself. If that happens, it's the other one that will be taken. So inside my heart, if that's what I'm seeing every day, inside my heart, that's the business that will be going on in my heart. That's what I'll be remembering. I can have in my heart an album of the Ashebis that happened throughout 2016. The patterns. I can have in my heart the pictures of, the, of all of those things. On their own, they don't seem bad. But they create room in my heart. And the last one is, of course, loss of impact. That will happen. But in the midst of it, it's not just the loss of it. There will also be impact. They that do know their God. And that's the only thing that will make anyone survive it. Knowing one's God says they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Hallelujah. Why would they know their God and do exploits? That's in the second thing, which is about the capacity that arises as a result of understanding the times. There must be a desire to, 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 to have that capacity to go through the times. I think one of the finest things that summarizes, summarizes it is the doctrines of baptisms that Hebrews 6.1 talks about. If we think about the baptism of repent, the baptism of John unto repentance, and then which they transformed to baptism into Christ by the time Christ resurrected, and then the other part that John was the one that confessed it and said that look, this one that I'm baptizing, this Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Those four actually bring it together. Of course, repentance must happen. Of course, submission to Christ must happen to follow him till he becomes Lord. Of course, the Holy Spirit has to endure us. And if we are careless with the issue of the Holy Spirit enduring us, like we had two Sundays ago, if we are careless with it, if we don't make good sense out of it, if we don't maximize what he has loaded in us, we will be rejecting the fourth one, which is the baptism of fire. I suppose that must have been dealt with very well last week, last Sunday. We'll be rejecting it. You see, when I see people who say things like suffering is, if God allows you, God won't allow you to suffer. The only truth about it is that they haven't got to understand some of the things about the baptism of fire. It's not just about experiencing it. Let's leave experiencing it first. But understanding that it is there. And if they are too quarrelsome about it, they should go to Gethsemane and ask the only begotten Son of God, Jesus, who put him there. Whether it's the devil. Was it the devil? Was it the devil that set up Gethsemane? Was it the devil that arranged what happened in that garden? It wasn't. And the Bible is consistent about it. So, 
these things will frame our capacity to be loaded enough to do what we should do. And the third aspect, and I'll quickly just run through them, is the actions that should result from our having understanding of the times. The actions. Bible talks about men of Issachar. They had understanding of the times. And they knew what Israel ought to do. They knew what to do. So there must be action. I shared one already earlier. There must be action. Those that understand the times live with eternity in view. Hebrews 11 tells us that very well. They live with eternity in view. Their actions each day are, are, are based on the issues of eternity. If I'm a union leader, I will remember eternity first. And I want to cross out things before I declare certain things. I will think about it because even if it's 3,000 years that eternity and living here, you know, that we are going to spend, even if that is, and that's not what it is, 100 years on earth before we transmit over to that side, what's remaining is 2,900 years, right? When 100 years reduces to 70 years, 30 years, God will say that's not very significant. Because there's 2,900 years which I'm more interested in. They live with eternity in view. I cannot miss this. And that's an everyday thing. Those who live, those who understand the times, will not spend one night having discord with their, with their wives, men, women, with their spouses. What if it's that night? Is it because of somebody to say sorry? Is it because of somebody to take responsibility? Even when it's not you. But what did Jesus teach? It wasn't him and he took the responsibility. Knowing that there's a walk that is being walked in the church. There's a walk that is going on in my wife. I am not the best person that will change my wife. It's God. My own is to respond to God and be the example. I can't... You, some people here, you've been talking from... Since 2000, 2010. You've been talking to that same woman. And she hasn't stopped those things. Are you the Holy Ghost? Is for us to respond. Hold her with God. And be example. Be the first one to say sorry. Small, small. I'm not the one that did it. But we are going somewhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those that understand the times. They manifest the Lord. You see. It's just like here. Many times people are encouraged to be. To serve in one place or the other. Serve in one unit or the other. The truth about the whole thing is that, you see, where we read in Romans, and if you open that place, if you open verse 12, verse 12, it says, The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your bad deeds like dirty clothes. So drop them like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living. Or in quarreling and jealousy. He called these things darkness. He said they are darkness. Don't participate in the darkness of these things. We shouldn't participate in this darkness. This is darkness. Wild parties is darkness. 
Drunkenness is darkness. Sexual promiscuity is darkness. Immoral living is darkness. Quarreling jealousy is darkness. Says don't participate in it. It is darkness. It is darkness. There's no argument. It is darkness. Instead, verse 14, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. If God clothes us with the presence of Jesus Christ, it's like a, a police officer wearing police uniform, right? If you find a police officer wearing uniform and he's inside the ward, Holding syringe and he's the one coming to inject you. Will he accept that? Hallelujah. Because those who wear that dress, there's a function they should be carrying out, right? Now, if somebody is clothed with Christ, there are functions the person should be carrying out. So, there's no argument about looking for a unit to be part of. There's no discussion about it. If you are clothed and you are not there, what's happening? You are missing in the place of work. Some even do worse. They are not anywhere. When they are outside, for instance, they will be because somebody said pack like this. They will be abusing the person. They will be using unprintable words. Because they were slow. Because something happened. And there are some of the people are out there. They are not hearing. They are not experiencing all we are during the time that we are here. Because they are outside serving. True or false? Then somebody goes and because they delayed a bit. Because there is somebody somewhere. person is abusing them. Don't participate in darkness. But put on, clothe yourself. But it's difficult. Why? For one reason. You see, those ten things we listed, there's one single purpose. To get the seed of the world inside us. That's all the purpose. That's all he's doing. Make us to use the systems of this world to be desperate as well. Make us out of fear to do, grab something to say that that's what we are holding. Make us out of, because of the deceit, it plants a wrong thing inside us. Because of the false doctrines, there's something that looks like Christ, but is not Christ and is inside. All of those things is to get accommodation in our hearts. Is to get one room. The abundance that the world gives, the abundance is not the problem. It's just that the abundance deposits something in us. And do you know how it manifests? That person can live in this room and the bed that covers this room. But perhaps one of the main reasons why the person has never been for an outreach is because the person can't sleep in the mats that we carry from here. Why you've not entered the world is because you don't know if you catch cough. Why you don't exp- you are not exposed to the poor, to the vulnerable is because they can litter you or litter your children. You know what has happened? There's accommodation for the world inside. The problem is not the world. It is that it has, you have given it room. Paul said, I know how to abound. Even when he's not there, I know how to handle things. 
If you can't say that about yourself, that even if what you had, if, if there's no air conditioner today, what will you do? If it's not there in your house, what will you do? Abuse everybody? If it's not in the office, some people will break down everything. Can we handle the other side? Because those times are also allowed by the Lord. If he can't get us to move from one side to the other, when he needs us to, he's not yet Lord. He is not yet Lord. If he can't get us to move from the best, from abundance, from the beauties, to the other end, when it is needed, <laughs> he is not yet Lord in our hearts. There's some accommodation in our lives for the world. And everything in the world, like the Bible says, everything that resembles the world, wherever it is, will be destroyed by fire. That's the problem. So if it's hidden in us, and we are carrying it away, the fire will follow us. And it's not a fire to light us, to be a fire to consume us. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. And I want to conclude. It's a time that those who understand the times will position themselves and will be, will be available for impact. If there's no impact, if our lives make no impact, the world has caged us. There must be impact. Why won't we make impact? Why? Let me ask for example. For example, and we'll close on that. We'll close with that. Because I want us to spend a couple of minutes to pray. Let me ask. How many people here are born again? Let's see our hands. If you don't mind, can we all rise? Those who are born again. I don't mean everybody. You are convinced that you are born again. You are convinced that you are. Amongst all of us standing, how many of us also have Christians in our workplaces or business places or in schools? Let's see our hands. So the things that are not working and the corruption, who is carrying it out? Who is doing it? Who is breaking standards? Who is telling lies? Who is manipulating the system? Who is doing that? Since we can't be here every Sunday and those things go on in the places where we are in charge of, where we exist, where the other Christians. Who is raising those children that are doing the wrong things? Which homes are in crisis? How not to ask the Lord to go to God in prayer? As we are standing. And ask him to do a miracle in our lives. Please you help us with that song. While we pray. Even if all of us here. We are doing the things that are the right things. We are lights in the places where we are. In the associations where we manage. In the village unions where we are in charge of. If we were light. Those things will not happen. They won't. Can we go to God in prayer?
We might have had the things that we think that we have done, but he's challenging us to much more. He's calling us to do much more. He's calling us. He's dealing with issues with us today. And while we are praying, and I want us to pray, and ask the Lord, every seed, everything that looks like a accommodation for the world, or for these things, even those things that we listed, in my heart, no wonder the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. Out of it is the issues of life. Everything that looks like space, like accommodation. Lord, let there be an evacuation from my life. Let it be evacuated. Let it be evacuated. Let it be evacuated from my life. Can we ask the Lord to open our eyes to be sensitive to the things that He is sensitive to in times like this? And that's a very personal prayer. That will be sensitive to them. These things can be going on and we don't speak it. We don't pick it. Can we ask him for that sensitivity? That sensitivity to his word. To understanding what's going on. To understand what is going on. And to apply our hearts to it. Sensitivity to guard our hearts. With all diligence. Sensitivity to do things the way he wants us to do them. To be responsive in times like this. In Jesus name we have prayed. I want to take the last prayer. And I want us to open our mouths. To address the things that may have been eroded. In our own lives. In our family. In our workplace. Or that is in something that is connected to us. Can we speak to those things? With this renewed heart. Can we speak to those things? And make just one commitment about that issue. Maybe about a spouse. Maybe about the family. It may be about the workplace. Because of my understanding of the times. Because I know what is going on here. Lord, this is what I'm asking for. And Lord, I want to testify about it at the end of this year. Before this year runs out. This thing in this school. This thing in this place where I am. I exist. I work. I do business. Lord, this I am bringing to you. It shall be an example of what you are doing with me, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we give you praise. We exalt you. Father, we thank you because you have loved us, O oh God. If you've been investing in our lives, Father, we understand, O oh God, that there needs to be a return on investment. If we are carefree or careless about the things for which you are making investments in our lives, Lord, we'll be answering unprofitable servants. But Lord, that's not your wish for us. And you've warned us even this morning again. Father, we're asking, O Lord, wash our eyes, O God. Wash our eyes that we might see. Father, where we are double-eyed or double-mouthed, Father, kill that other second one. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Where we are people of double standards. Lord, kill that second thing. Let our yes be yes. Let our no be no. In the name of Jesus Christ. May the main thing that distinguishes us be our character. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 11, they talked about all the people in the hall of faith. And they said that these people we are too good for this world. Father, may that be our testimony in Jesus' name. Because that's the only time we can escape the world. May that be that when people are looking at us, they say that this one is too good for this world. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask for the homes, for the marriages, for the businesses, for the areas, oh God, where Satan has found room already. In the name of Jesus, we curse every oppression of darkness. We break the counsel of darkness. Whatsoever has been planted in that place, oh God, that is not of you. Lord, we are put in Jesus' name. Whatever high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in our conversations, in our homes, in the life of our children, in our families, in our workplaces, the blood of Jesus against it. Father, have your way in our lives. Cause us to be light. Every clothing that is not of you, everything that covers even the slightest millimeter of our lives, Father, this morning, Lord, give us a Holy Ghost injection. Let such things, oh God, even be, let them cease to exist. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we submit ourselves to you. And Father, we pray for as many as are here. And they are here who are lying in Egypt. Jehovah. We break the strongholds in their hearts and let Jesus be revealed and let their lives be distinguished to show as a sign to the world that Jesus is Lord even on this earth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you because of your love for them and thank you because you fulfill your counsel even concerning them. Blessed be your holy name Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed.